Penny University presents Backbone of the Band, the drummer. Why would anyone want to be a drummer? Drumming has a super long history. It was the first instrument. Is it primal that we need to hear it? Or is it primal for some to have to play? Can it heal your soul? Or is it just the beat that holds the music together? Listen to Deborah Fingston and Michael Bruce Thompson put their heads together and beat out, yes, I said it, the answers. to episode three of Penny University's new series, Backbone of the Band, The Drummer. If you like this series, please share it. Uh, don't forget, if you want to send your comments or questions to um, Michael or myself or any of our guests, actually, you can send them to pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. So let's get started. Um, this is the third episode of Penny University's series. And it has been a blast. Um, I've gone down a lot of rabbit holes. I have. I now listen to music completely different because of Michael's brilliance. Um, my name is Deborah Fingston, and Penny University has given me the opportunity to meet new people and um, just uh, experience new things. Now, I've known Michael for a little while from other activities. But our guest today, I have um, not met. I um, was given his name through a very close friend of mine when I told her about this new series. I do want to do a disclaimer. Um, the audio is going to sound different for episode three, and that's because Michael Bruce Thompson um, was exposed to the Rona. Um, so he is under quarantine. So he, we're on Zoom. Our guest is on Zoom, who I'll introduce in a minute. Um, he's coming from Southern California. So I've moved from my living room and good old Dottie on the couch to my office. And my office is really warm, so I have my window open. And um, so you're going to hear different noises, and it's just going to be um, not as finely polished as normal. So Backbone of the Band is about a drummer. And... Um, as Michael talked about his experience on in episode one, um, and he'll talk a little bit about who he is again, share a little bit. Um, in episode two, we talked about a brief history. We also said that episode three was going to be on the healing aspects of the drums, but the gentleman we're going to be talking to, and I love this, um, forgot that it was his wife's birthday. <laughs> and so... He appropriately decided to be with his wife on his birthday, and our guest, whose name is Brian Harris, um, was more than happy to step into episode three and be here. So, Michael, share a little bit about the series and you, and then we'll introduce Brian. So, um, this the series is uh, just kind of about 
you know, like you said earlier, the, the backbone of the band and and um, kind of my philosophy of it is is that you can't dance to music if you don't have the drums. Um, and so my background is I've been playing drums since I was about eight years old and I've played professionally for a number of years and uh, I guess now I'm kind of semi-retired. Um, I'll, I'll do the occasional studio gig if it, if, uh, if, the, if I like the project really. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, lo- I love playing drums more than anything really. Well, and um, I shared on Facebook today and before we started recording, we talked about um, some information you discovered, which is awesome. And what yeah. did you find out today? I shared it. Go ahead, but I'll let you share. Well, it was uh, just going through uh, some Facebook feed stuff. You always get this random, like, you know, rate your favorite whatevers. And uh, it was rate your favorite warp Tours. And I happened to do four of them. And uh, two of the ones that I'm prominently on, uh, one was ranked number four and one was ranked number 19. And they did the warp Tour from, I think, like, 95 to 2018 maybe I think was last year I'm not 100% positive but uh, it's it's ran the whole gamut of music from from uh, punk rock to rap to I guess what you call emo to jazz they had the Royal Crown Review they've had all kinds of different uh, stuff No Doubt played it one year um, so yeah well congratulations oh thanks and a quick reminder too, all of the music that you're hearing on these episodes, Michael is on the drum throne. I now know what that's called, so I'm gonna use that. And so it's Michael playing and um, I love it. So at all of our breaks and then at the very end, it's Michael playing. And um, so the very end, it's like uh, almost a minute, a minute and a half. So if you wanna listen to all of his music, do it because it's awesome. He has let us share that. So I want to thank you. No, thank you. Okay, so you know me, Deborah. You know Michael. He's famous. I'm not. Um, now meet Brian Harris. So, Brian, who are you? Hi. Um, so I'm uh, Brian Harris. My uh, professional um, career before, you know, the whole coronavirus deal was um, I'm a professional percussionist as well as a teacher instructor. Um, I've been playing since I was in middle school, so I started when I was um, in sixth grade. I'm now 22, so it's been well over 10 years now. Um, I kind of grew to really be a, a, a kind of drum set player um, slash snare drummer, you know, for the most for most of my percussion um experience so when you say when you say drum set and snare is that on stage or marching band or what is that so drum set is usually what you would what you would just call drums oh okay Um, Okay. when you think of a band and you think of a drummer that's drum set drum set so just like a little nerdy stuff about uh drums so originally (laughs) Um, the drum set was created as a trap kit. They used to call it a trap kit back in, I think, the 20s. Hey, we covered that last episode. Woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what, what, so what would, uh, everything was carried in a box, and the drummer would have the bass drum, 
little two symbols that were to resemble like crash symbols in a marching band and then that would play with their foot and then they would have the snare drum and sometimes some toms and another symbol and they would all care they would sit on the little box that carried it and that was a trap kit and then through the jazz era and the swing era and the 40s and all that drums had to get a little bit more industrial a little bit more um powerful and with you know the rock blooming of the 60s you got what is kind of considered now the modern drum set um which has you know you you can see a four-piece kit which is two toms the bass drums you know snare drum cymbals you know what i love brian is you drummers all talk the same so i i feel like i'm listening to last episode and michael this 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 conversation is fantastic so i can tell you are a drum teacher brian yeah i i I like to nerd out i used to be a a big gearhead still am uh, for the most part but uh yeah so you know to finish out uh, that real quickly the you can go from a four-piece kit to a you know neil perk plate something like a 20 something i don't even know you know i never counted it but uh you know, the sky is the limit now with uh, guys in their set. Their set. Yeah, if anybody wants to see a crazy drum set, there's a guy named uh, Terry Bozio, and he was a drummer for Frank Zappa, and he has his drum set chromatically tuned to, like, a piano, like an 88-key piano. So he, it'll take him about eight hours to set it up, from what I heard, from, like, the text, but he'll, he'll tune the drums to a specific note each and every time. It's just unreal so if anybody wants to see a crazy drum set terry bozio's drum set's probably the biggest one i've seen what, what do you think brian he's definitely got a monster uh of a kid i mean i mean he probably gives mike portnoy a run with the whatever monster that he had <laughs> double he called it all these weird names he had the japanese monster chinese monster i don't know Well, um, I want to say, too, like in the previous episodes, any name that's mentioned, if I can track down a video, I try and share it on um, Anchor, our, our, um, our base page, so that when you go there and you read the description of the episode, I'll have links for you. Um, so if I can find these two, I'm going to put a link up so that our listeners can look and see and hear. Because I think that's important, and I love it. I like seeing yeah. what you guys talk about. So yeah, those two drummers are very uh, well known for their their setups and and uh, probably pretty pretty YouTube uh, YouTube worthy forward. Yeah, YouTube forward. I'll I'll use YouTube forward as my okay uh, YouTube forward. <laughs> so you started in middle school. You went to high school, and one of the reasons um, Brian why we wanted to talk to you was that you were really um, busy in marching band and how that's really an aspect um, of drumming that, hey, I'm still, I wish that pro football would get rid of halftime and make it like college where they bring a pro band down and do that. I think that would be way more entertaining. And you'd get some great um, musicians out of it and give them, give them jobs. But you took that marching band thing a step farther. And that's what I thought was totally interesting about you. Can you kind of explain that? Yeah. So, um, after high school, um, and a lot of times even now kids are doing it during high school. Um, it, there's a circuit there's two really, 
um, circuits that are basically a continuation of what the competitive scene is like in a marching band scenario. Um, one is called Drum Corps International, which is the Drum and Bugle Corps um, organization that runs um, the summer um, circuit of what's called independent um, competition. So independent basically just means not just associated with a school. So a scholastic ensemble is, is, is a school-related group, and a independent ensemble would be a non-related. So usually they're, they're on a non-profit or they have a, you know, certain places have um, a tie to another f foundation. Um, there's also what's called WGI, which is Winter Guard International, and that encompasses the winter side of things because in most places, um, unlike in California, um, you can't go outside in the winter and play drums or do color guard. So they do it indoor on a basketball court and sometimes arenas on a mat. Basically, they, they create tarps and you do an indoor show, and that's without the rest of the... The marching band. So is um, is this high school marching bands competing against high school marching bands, or is it? Um, are you selected to do this, or is it something you want to do? So for drum corps and for WGI, it is a competitive um, circuit. Um, it is a very high level thing, and you have to audition. So scholastic groups will not compete against independent groups. Scholastic groups will compete against scholastic groups and independent groups will compete against independent groups. There's also two levels in independent. There's open class and world class. Um, in a lot of like the winter stuff, there's A class, B class, open class, world class for independent and for scholastic as well. But yes, you have to audition. If you want to become um, a performer outside of high school marching band um, in any of those ensembles, you pick basically an instrument that you want to specialize in. So for me, um, that was snare drum and then obviously um drum set i actually played drum set for a drum vehicle called gold drum vehicle in the open class in 2016 um snare drum is very very competitive um that's the if you go to auditions you'll see you know anywhere from 50 to 100 sometimes 300 people auditioning just for snare drum and to give a little perspective the um limit for the core is 150 people and you can you can be within the ages of 14 to 22 um there's an age out um year when you turn 22 and if, it, if, your, if your birthday is before june 1st or i'm sorry after june 1st you can march that year once you turn 22 you're done and now you're you're basically retired from the marching activity unless you go on to do things like uh dca cores and stuff that don't have age limits um, but yeah. So, Michael, did you do any of this? Yeah, I, I marched. Um, I, I I marched classically. I never got into the um, to the competitive aspect of drum and bugle corps. I you know, I, I had a four year letter for jazz and, and marching band and and, and symphonic band, but uh, I stopped marching like on the field and stuff and basically was in the pit for from my sophomore year since probably ever since I left uh, California since I left La Mirada I uh, when I moved up here I decided that I didn't want to necessarily march but I wanted to be in the marching band so uh, the amazing uh, band director Dan Bradstreet allowed me to stay in the in the pit 
and play a drum set or xylophone or bass drum or concert bass drum, something like that. So, well, you know, I, um, I was never in the band. I was never did that, but my youngest son, Andrew was in the band. He played trumpet and I did not experience uh, the band until him. And I thought the marching band in high school was um, a wonderful saving grace for people. You know, I, I, it, it seemed to, like everybody I met, I'm not saying that they were nerds, I'm, there were nerds, but I'm not saying they were all, but it really kind of um, was a saving we're, grace. We're band geeks, that's how we band refer geeks? to us. Okay. Band, band geeks, yeah. Yeah, and did you guys experience that? I mean, was the band like your, your connection, your click, your, you know? For me personally, um, we kind of all had like a bond uh, when I when I was in high school. Um, I I was kind of a loner, loner kid in middle school, especially. Um, and for me, that one hour a day um, back then that I would do band. And actually, my seventh grade year, I took two. I did cadet band and concert band. Um, uh, that was like my release in the day. I, I, I was you know going through it a lot of young you know, preteen kids go through and all of the shocks of like, oh, hormones and, and stress and um, like uh, emotions and, and, you know, and that was like the one hour a day I got to kind of just go hit things and be loud, you know, and enjoy myself. Um, once I got to high school, I, I remember telling my dad, you know, he was like, well, you want to do marching band? I was like, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And then I found out it's it PE credit, you know, you get PE credit if you do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, hated, I hated PE back in the day. Um, but yeah, once I got into drumline, um, I think within a few months, we would go, if we had, had like Friday that we didn't have rehearsal or a game, um, we'd go over to my friend Zach's house and we'd all jam in his garage and stuff. And everybody kind of played, other than like me and one other guy played multiple instruments so we'd all start playing like killing in the name by raging against the machine and where his mom's getting mad and coming home like why are you guys drumming and like, like and so we you know get pizza and hang out and and uh my friend group for most of high school was all based around band like my long-term girlfriend in high school was on collar guard um my other friends basically were all in band and collar guard and drumline and we, we kind of, it was band, color guard, and drumline. Like, we were all kind of three separate things, but we're all in the same umbrella. Right. At least that's how the experience was for me. Um, and everybody then. I've talked to that's been involved in um, music and a music program during high school, it really was a place to um, be mentally healthy, uh, kind of escape the pressures, and you had... I guess you could say sports does that for some or whatever, but um, I really just think that music carries so much more. And that marching band, Andrew just dug it. He loved it. So how about you, Michael? What, do you, did, what did yeah. it do for you? I mean, for me, it was, um, you know, transferring from California to Arizona. And I, I had to take PE when I moved to Arizona. And I, I took it my senior year, which was pretty funny because I just had to do one credit of it, and uh, it, w it was fine. Um, but you know that that those were my peers. Those were like where 
um, you know, during lunch, I'd go to the band room and hang out with all my buddies and, and hang out with the band director or hang out with, uh, you know, my girlfriend, you know, that was in the band, um, or, uh, you know, we traveled together, you know, we traveled on a bus together, going to all the schools, uh, going to the competitions, going to the football games, um, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Some of the, the best times, some of my best friends to this day are still from, from band and I'm still really close friends with them. So, so do you guys think that with the schools cutting so many programs and especially now with the Rona, you know, kids aren't having that experience. Is, is that a loss? It, yeah, it definitely is. Um, I know that like they couldn't do band camp this year. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't get the kids together to uh, rehearse before. I mean, there's no football season either. So, um, you know, the, the whole marching season, I don't have no idea what, what that's going to be like or how it's going to play out. But um, it's, it's got to be really frustrating. It's got to be, I mean, I don't know how you do band virtually. I have, I have no idea how you take a band class virtually. That just to me is, doesn't seem right. Well, Brian, are you still teaching or no? No, um, I was actually on, in the process of kind of transitioning out of teaching mainly because uh, exactly what you're saying, the funding cuts. So um, my job where I was teaching um, was pretty underpaid. Um, I, I did it mainly for the satisfaction of getting to help kids that were very similar to to me um go through kind of what I went through and the hardships that there is you know and I, my goal was always as an instructor to make that journey fun for them and easier if, if, if needed mm -hmm. um and I was actually working with my instructors from high school that I was taught by um they kind of brought me in and mentored me and, and gave me some some uh opportunity to to learn how to teach and to spend time teaching because you have to learn how to teach a lot of people you know famously i don't remember the exact drummer that it was but somebody asked him a question like oh how do you play this your signature lick and he's like i don't know i just do it well you know for me i i always love like when i learn how to play something going oh that was so cool the breakdown of it was like really fun like exercises are always really fun like we i remember the first time i learned how to play parallel diddles which is a rudiment um my drum instructor. Um, wait a second. Wait a second. Paradiddle. What is? Paradiddle diddles. Paradiddle. So, a paradiddle is a sticking. Um, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. Okay. A, so when you were referring to sticking, if I remember yeah. correctly, from Michael. Okay, that's taking your drumsticks and you are playing. That's referred yeah. to as sticking. So a paradiddle diddle. Mm -hmm. It's a paradiddle with another diddle on it. So <laughs> you, instead of instead of being like uh, like that's a sixteenth note paradiddle, it'd be paradiddle. Like so, there'd be another two sixteenth notes on the back end of it, and you would double stick them. So it'd be a right, 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 left, left, right, right, left, left. Instead of being right, left, right, right, left, it'd be right, left, right, right. <laughs> it's almost like a six-stroke roll. If we want to make it even more confusing for you. <laughs> I'm going to find a video on paradiddle diddle and I am going to post it. So any listener out there that's going, the guy's high, which you're not right. 
He's not high. He isn't drinking. He's eating a peanut butter and jelly Lunchable sandwich, okay? So, all right, so um, it's a legit drumming word, okay? The, uh, the color guard friends that I had used to make fun of us when so one of our instructors would come on the speaker during rehearsal and they'd be like all right we make sure we control the diddles there and they're like hey, hey, diddles <laughs> it does sure sound nice kids, you know? <laughs> well you know drumming lingo it is so okay let's talk about this competition thing um you say that uh it's drum corps international and winter corps international and so you decide to step into this competitive world of marching band drumming, which honestly, I, I was kind of surprised. I'm not shocked, but I was kind of surprised. What, what does that get you other than, I mean, um, did you love the competition? You know, what was that like? What, explain that to me. I, I think for me, um, Initially, the biggest motivation was I wanted to teach. Um, I really, I really resonated and respected my resonated with and respected my um, coaches or coaches like a jazzy term here. Uh, my instructors uh, in high school, um, and I, I was thinking, you know, every kid goes through high school and they think, I want to do this. I want to do that. I mean, I was, I'm a huge movie buff, and I was for so long thinking, I'm going to go make movies and I'm going to go to film school and I'm going to do all that. And then, like, music just took everything over with Drumline. Um, I wanted to play in a band. And I was like, well, people are really unreliable, and especially high school kids. And I wanted to get in a band and go tour and do that. And I kind of realized that's maybe not the best idea because there's no stability in it. And especially now, bands don't make it, you know? And the only bands that do, they're just touring, 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 and they're making just enough to kind of live and, and usually they have to have a day job and usually, you know, I, I just didn't really want to spend, you know, my twenties figuring out how to pay rent, you know? And so I figured, well, Hey, my instructors are, they get the drum all the time and they, they seem to be doing pretty well. So maybe I'll just teach. And I went up to my instructor one day. I was like, Hey, how did you start teaching? He's like, well, I marched drum court. And I was like, okay, I got to march drum court. And then I realized that's much harder than it sounds. And, um, I, I then went to my first audition and, and back then I had a little bit of a ego and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm one of the best kids at my high school. Like I'm, I'm going to make pulse percussion. Pulse percussion is a world-class. Pulse WGI percussion song. is what, what is pulse percussion? I don't know what that is. So they are a, they are a winter WGI drumline okay. and they are like, I, I don't remember how many times, but I know more than five time world champions. Okay. Uh, they're not exactly an easy drumline to make when you're in high school. <laughs> and I learned that the hard way when I got their packet and looked at their exercises and was like, I can play their eight on a hand exercise, the rest of it. Mm. And I went to auditions and looked at all these guys that had been marching world-class drum corps. And I'm like, uh, 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 and I'm trying to play the roles exercise. And so these are like almost like professional teams, you know, yeah. like people trying out for, uh, the Dodgers are trying out for this. So these drum lines are prof uh, like professional. Yes, they are you, professional. You level. No, but you, you, have to, you actually have to, sorry to interrupt you, but um, you actually have to pay to be in the ensembles because they are a nonprofit organization. Um, you pay to, it's basically like going to college for marching band. 
Um, I always mm-hmm. kind of tell people like it's like professional marching band, but going to college for, for getting your master's degree in drumline is kind of what DCIWGI is. Okay, I get that. So then you end up hitting competitions. You you have to audition for these. I want to watch some of these videos. Um, so you audition to get on these drum lines, and then these drum lines go to comp, comp, more competitions. Yeah, so the way that it usually works is you will have auditions for um, DCI in like November through January, um, and that will be for the summer season. So drum corps usually start right at the first week of May, when, or third week of May when college is let out, because it's mainly a college age activity. Um, but a lot of high school kids will march um, open class corps, um, and then you're basically you're basically in spring training for the next month or so, and then around the end of June, early July is when competitions start, and then you'll go on full tour usually by August. And August like fifteenth usually around the middle of the month is Indian, uh, championships in Indianapolis. Um, for WGI, auditions usually start in September, go through October, and then the season will actually begin in. February, but you kind of work on the weekends because most kids are in school. You'll practice on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday until um, the end of the season in April. So it's pretty much a year-round activity now. And even some colleges like RCC, um, PCC, Pasadena City College, uh, Riverside City College, they have marching band seasons. Um, so some guys march literally a year-round. They're in a group 24-7. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, I think right there is a great spot to take a break. Uh, Give us a few minutes and we will come back and find out a little bit more about competing. And then what do you go from there? Where do you go from there? So hold on, guys. There are tons of podcasts out there. You have options. Penny University is truly a podcast with value, and we strive to share great true stories. Some are plain fun. Some might bring a tear to your eye and maybe even make you a little angry. Listen to them all. Please listen, like, and share. Head over to our Facebook page, see who we are. And thanks for listening. You are listening to Penny University, a podcast with value. We hope you are finding this presentation entertaining. If you would like to share your two cents, please contact either Deborah or Michael at pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. That's pennyuniversity, all one word, at protonmail.com. Thank you. And now back to the podcast.
Welcome back. This, there was an interesting conversation and I had to beg Brian and Michael, please stop, please stop. I want to record this. This is great stuff. So Michael, what did you ask Brian? I, well, I was asking Brian what college he would go to to march at. Like if he was, got a scholarship to go to college, what would be that choice of schooling that he would go to? And I, and I suggested Ohio State because they do the, you know, the cool Michael Jackson dance moves with the marching band, but um, I just got schooled by Brian, so. And how did you school him, Brian? <laughs> well, uh, my, my personal opinion on most of the uh, four-year level uh, high school, uh, sorry, college marching bands is they're kind of like glorified cover bands. They go out there and they, they hit, you know, the rim of the snare drum and they're playing da 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 you know like or you know you hear them singing Men of a thousand dances I yeah. remember I remember yeah. I remember doing that in marching yeah. band yeah what was what did you call it it's called Land of a Thousand Dances I think it's is it a classic uh, yes uh, I don't remember the composer's name um, I, I think it's yes I think it's the band yes, yes. oh really and, really uh, double check but you know or or you'll they'll play Holiday by Green Day or something weird like that and. You know, versus um, RCC, which is Riverside City College, um, they they have a marching band that actually does a real comp like not competitive because they don't compete with anybody, but they do a competitive level show where they have a real production. The there's auditions. You go in and you're getting better the entire time. It's almost like drum corps light. You know, you're not doing the full tour and you're not competing all the time, but you're getting instruction from guys who have taught that activity at a high level so here you won't go to the ohio state i'm, I'm gonna throw the in there you wouldn't go to ucla because you're in southern california no you pick riverside city college i love that <laughs> it's it's fantastic it just goes to show and to somebody that's been in education this is my experience english 101 is as good at Riverside City College as it is at Harvard. So, you know. But not the drum line. But not the drum line. The drum line yeah, at Riverside. Can't, can't be Riverside's drum line compared to Harvard's drum line, I guarantee it. That's so fantastic. You, uh, you, you don't have to pay nearly as much to go to Riverside City College yeah. as you would have to go to Harvard. Hey, so, so it's the smart <laughs> kids that go. Land of a Thousand Dances is by Wilson Pickett, not yes. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right, so the first tune came in my head. Yeah. We've got competitions. Let's get to these competitions. So um, you you've tried out your training. What do you win at these competitions? Do you win money? Do you win glory? I mean, what's why why compete? Uh, for me, um, I cherished the feeling of accomplishment um the i believe if you look up dci's website their mission statement is i can't quote it word for word but it's mainly about developing youth um it's about instilling um powerful like practices in young men and women to learn how to pursue like goals and, and achieve success and the feeling of when you put so much work into something and you go and you win a DCI world championship or, or, you know, they give medals for first, the first three places. Um, 
and they also give like world you know if you're a world-class finalist you'll get a medal saying you're a world-class finalist but you do get a bronze silver and gold medal for the everybody in the court will get one um if you win um that's cool and that's a lot of there's a lot of prestige um when you win uh, and respect you know if you come home after winning the dci championship you know people that know about dci are going to think you're really cool but then there's people that don't know who you are at all yeah you know, it's it's like you went in the super bowl and then okay well the next season and you're like but we won the super bowl and they're like yeah it was a sunday you know like you're nice. it's kind of like the super bowl of marching band but only people people that only are really in the marching band are like dude you were in the blue devils oh my gosh you know, so the Blue Devils, this is a uh, a marching, are they, you guys, both of you guys have mentioned them several be times. A club, right? Would you call they're, it a club? Drummondville Corps. They are a Drummondville Corps in DCI. Yeah. Okay, and they're called the Blue Devils. Yeah. So th they're 19-time world champions, and they usually win every year. <laughs> I mean, most, there are other cores that have won plenty of times, but they have the most title wins of of dci um and that's where like my instructor from my main instructor from high school marched and he taught there actually um so i have a bit of a bias for them but i actually would have marched blue coats if i got all the way to the, the world class level but that's just my personal right i like their drumline style a little bit more nowadays however if my instructor had still been teaching at blue levels i would have been there full on you know ready to be like all right so here's my question you we talked about how healthy it is mentally, physically, um, socially to be part of the marching band. Um, then you go out and this competitions teach you, um, you know, work ethic, uh, camaraderie. Um, every drummer that I've now come in contact with, you guys have these, you know, um, conversations, but you guys also have similarities. Uh, there is not, you know, it's it's a fine line that make it famous, but you guys still do it. But what, where do you go from there? Michael, if I came up to you and I said, hey, I was part of the Blue Devils and I want to play in your band, would you even give me the time of day? I mean, it, yeah, does it open doors? I, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if like... And in the musician world, if you came from any sort of background that that dealt with with ensemble plan like like a marching band, like like Scholastic, or everyone kind of knows who these groups are because they're so so prestigious for for um, for a lot of those players. Because I mean, you know, to be a trumpet player or a bugle player in one of those groups, it's just it's just as hard, right? Oh yeah, but I mean, they have to they have to play challenging music on their instrument just as much as everybody else. It's a little bit more. There's a little more spots because it's a bigger. You know, there's more trumpets in the line than there are snare drums. Yeah. Um, a little different, differently physically demanding. Still very demanding, but in different ways. Like think of it as you're blowing through a instrument horn, running across a ball field in the middle of the hot summer, wearing a you know full suit. You know, it 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 gets. Uh, it's interesting in some of those places, especially when it's a hot day in the middle of Illinois, you know? Yeah, I, I would definitely, like, if I was going to have a band, you know, um, 
I'm, a majority of those guys' chops are just unreal. I mean, they're hitting notes that are just that most people can't hit as far as far as uh, their, uh, their 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 bugling and all that stuff goes. And then uh, with with the drummers, um, their single stroke rolls are probably faster than than mine, or you know, they're, they're faster than a majority of most metal players, I would imagine. Right? Yeah, probably. I mean, again, a lot of it is kind of dependent on what application. So for me, for instance, like being a drum set player as well as a marching snare drummer, um, I picked up a lot of stuff from playing marching snare, but it's a very different type of drumming. Uh, I, I, as a drum set player, I'm thinking about my groove, my tempo, my feel. Marching band and drum corps in more particular is like you're playing the exact same thing, trying to play it the exact same way as nine other guys or eight other guys, whatever it is. And you're trying to be on exactly the same note, on the exact same tempo, on the exact same everything, every single time. Right? And the like same a, same stick heights, too. What it's do you like, mean, same stick height? I don't know what that means. So when you, when you watch when you watch one of these videos, you'll notice the drummers, um, their stick height will only go up so high, and then you know they'll go up higher, but they're all in sync. Every single one of them, their levels are in sync. So not only are they playing dynamically, but they're also playing in um, unison. There's unison and, and the height and stuff. It, it's it's unreal. I mean, it's it's like honestly watching nine robots doing the same thing, and then um, they're all moving in unison. I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen a group of of people moving in in sync more than than a drum bugle corps, even more than like a like a dance crew by far and it's a totally different way of doing it too versus a drum set player i mean you can i'm, I'm gonna lay back a little tonight i'm gonna make the snare drum seem a little more fat like you can you can play a lot more around like i'm gonna hit a little harder right now versus like with a marching band situation no matter what drum you're playing you're having to play the exact same way so in a way uh, one one audition i was at one of the visual techs said this is not a good activity if you're not into conformity. Like if you're if you're a nonconformist, then you're not in the right place because it's very much like it's Big Brother's watching you. You're gonna be, you know, another brick in the wall, as they say. You know, like you're you're very regimented. You know, if you don't stick out, that's a good thing. You know, it's not an individualistic individualistic um, art. It's much more of a team effort versus a drum set player can be like I'm the drum set player and and play whatever he wants. You know? Is that it, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I, th I think with the with the with the with the drumline stuff too. I think I think a lot of the history probably falls back on uh, like U.S. military. To be honest with you, and having that same kind of regimen and having that same dynamic and 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 doing things correctly. Like when you watch those guys uh, do like the um, the changing of the guards or whatever at the tomb of the unknown soldier. It's mm -hmm. a very mm -hmm specific uh cadence that they go through and it's exactly the same same with with drum and bugle core i would assume yeah so um our time is getting limited which is again i am just fascinated by all of this stuff i didn't know and i'm old i should know this stuff um what would be kind of your closing thought brian i mean would you tell a kid to t do this? Were, are you thrilled you've done it? Um, 
do you want to play drums the rest of your life? Kind of bring us bring us to a closure here. I think um, I kind of I've realized in the last few years uh, that I've had a lot of things in my life that I wanted to do, and the one thing that's been there the longest has been drumming. And the one thing I, I find myself, I, I'm sure I drive everybody crazy because I'm always slapping my <laughs> arms and chest and whatever, and where I'm hitting a drum pad or I'm out in my car and my music's playing and I'm thinking about the drum beat, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm listening to Metallica and going to get, 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 you know, like, I, I can't, I even listen to a clock in a room and I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, I'm like so divided, you know, and uh, I, I think that drumming has, has been ingrained in me as not just like a thing now, it's, it's part of my life. Um, I, be, I truly believe that if I hadn't been in music and in, in my life hadn't been uh, full of that in school, um, if I didn't have that every day, if I didn't have drumline and the people that I met through that, the friendships and the, and the relationships and just the, the outlet, I don't know if I'd be here today. I, I, I don't know if I would have gotten into something. I mean, it kept me out of any kind of trouble in high school. It kept, it kept my brain from, from getting all weirded out or on something. Um, it kept me from making dumb decisions about my future. It kept me, it kept, it, it gave me mentors, mentorships that I, people that I, um, never would have met had I not been in drumline or not chosen to play the drums. Um, and honestly just learning a skill that's something that's fun. You know, I never play drums and go, you know, well, I really wish that I didn't put the effort in to get good at this, you know? I, I, even if it's just 30 minutes a day or even 15 minutes a day and you just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to try it out or I'm going to take a lesson. Um, a lot of people always, I, I, people come up to me, oh, I love your drums. I'm like, oh, thanks. And, and they're like, I really wish I could play drums, but I, I couldn't do it. I'm like, no, you, no, you can. Like, no, I can't. I couldn't do it. I'm like, I, I know you could. I've, I've taught so many people boots and cats, you know, that didn't think they could play it. And I'm just like, okay, if, if they're having trouble, a lot of people, like, they just don't know how to like, uh, okay, this is called a hi-hat. Tap it. And then and then you go, okay, see how you're tapping it? So try to do it in eighth notes. And then, you know, what you know, like when you're clapping to a rhythm, do that on the snare, two and four, right? And then add the bass drum in. And then people are going, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, I just played drums. And you're like, yeah, you can play drums. You just didn't know, like, how to start. And I think that's what's saddened me a little bit is I feel like, the marching arts and music in general um, is kind of dying a slow, painful death in, 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 in schools right now, um, even for the last 10 years. Ever since I started, in, even in fifth grade, which was 2008 for me, um, there was no band in, in, in elementary schools. Um, the bands have been underfunded for almost two decades now. Well, I love how you called it the marching arts. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I agree with you on so much. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm going to do a shout. I, I don't care if we start a competition. Why don't we pick it? It's fine with me. Let's get these professional teams to get a band. Let's get, come on, come on. Whoever's out there, Mark Cuban, come on, let's pull it into the, um, 
you know, arena. Come on, you know, Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. You guys don't have cheerleaders. Let's get a marching band. And, and let's give these kids, like Brian, you're no longer a kid, you are to me though, you know, a place to go and play their instrument. So, Michael, final thoughts. Um, I, th I think Brian said it perfectly. It's so poetic with, you know, it's, um, it's sad that we are losing those, those arts, but um, if we can somehow figure out how to keep keep that going that that'd be amazing i know that uh when most people hear those those marching bands at those football games people go crazy for it they love it i um, love it yeah yeah you know. well i'm uh, moving to texas because marching band's huge there because it's football that's <laughs> it okay yeah. brian tell me your favorite drummer and your favorite um drum set okay uh I've, I've always been a little bit partial to Dave Kroll. Dave um, Kroll? Dave Kroll. Drummer of Nirvana, Ben Cooper Vultures. I mean, he's well known for being the, the front man of Foo Fighters, but that's just one of those guys that you hear him play, and then he enhances the music in such a way that even if he's not the most technical drummer, he's just like, you can't not hear Dave Kroll and not think, that's a good drummer. Like, nobody's ever heard the opening of Spelletine's period and been like, yeah, that drummer sucks. Like, nobody, nobody. Yeah. Nobody's ever listened to the Phil and Green You and thought, oh yeah, that's just not, you know. Um, as for drum sets. You, for, you forgot Queens of the Stone Age, too. Yes. That's uh, one of his best works. Uh, yeah. um, as for drum sets, I'm, I'm kind of partial to Tama these days. Um, my my kit right now that I have is a Rabinga Burge Star Classic, and it's beautiful. And I got a brand new set of Peisty signatures recently with it, so it's, I think that's just... Uh, I'd love to have a Starbo bingo, but they don't make them anymore. But maybe one of these days I'll find one on eBay for some egregious price that I'm willing to pay. Okay, so so that is for the drum nerds because I have no idea what he just said. Michael, what's your favorite drum set? Since he since he called some names out. My favorite drum set. Um, well, it's probably my DW drum set, and only because it was made on my birthday, January second. It's stamped on there. But I have a pork pie drum set, and I also, uh, I used to have a Star Classic drum set that was a naval one that I got rid of. Uh, favorite drummer, though, is a guy named Keith Carlock. And he's yeah. a drummer for, um, like, I think, I, you know, Steely Dan and all those guys. Yep. So you, he's, he's, he's just a, a, an amazing drummer, so. Well, thank you guys again. I have absolutely loved my time um, on this subject matter, and I hope our listeners do too. Please make sure that you share, listen, share, and like us, um, like Penny University, like Backbone of the Band, the drummer, and um, thank you, Brian. It's been wonderful. And as always, Michael, I love it. Get yep. out of quarantine for me. And Test came back negative, so I'll be good. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. I, I will always be happy to share my love for the uh, percussion. Awesome. Awesome. You know what? Maybe maybe at some point we'll have to have you guys send some videos of you guys, of you playing, and I can put yeah. it up. And if anybody wants to go follow my Instagram, it's uh, Citizen of Disturbia. Um, kind of weird, but it's all spelled like you would expect it to be spelled. All um, right. I post some stuff on there, me just doing like random drumming things and personal stuff, but uh, 
Yeah. Okay, so go check out Anchor, um, our landing page, and we will have the link to Brian Harris's Instagram. Thank you guys awesome. for listening and have a great evening. Bye-bye. to Penny University. Please join us again for the next episode in this fun series. You can also head over to our Facebook page. Please like us and share with your friends and family. We hope you found us a podcast with value. Until next episode, be strong, wise, and safe. He's leaving Oh